All right. Well, welcome to this edition of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, and we finally have some actual football to talk about this week. Not speculating about practice, not speculating about quarterback races, not previewing the season, not judging position groups. We actually got to see Texas Tech play a game this weekend. Uh, they killed Murray State 63-10. to um, It wasn't without some downsides. Uh, we'll start there. So, offense looked great. Opened the game, or opened their offensive game, with a flea flicker from the one-yard line that went for about 45 yards. Um, Zach Hitley's offense looked great to start out. Uh, the problem was Tyler Shuck goes down with an injury on the same shoulder that caused him to miss the rest of last season. And no matter where you were and who you want to be this quarterback, uh, everybody had different opinions. You can ask three different people. They'll give you three different names on who they want to be their starting quarterback. It's It stinks for him as a guy to... He, he came in last season, thought that he'd be a one-and-done, head to the NFL... Didn't work out, got injured early in the fourth game, worked hard, got himself back, uh, won the job in the offseason, and then to go down in the first quarter of the first game against a team like Murray State, that's just a brutal blow. Uh, It looks like he was uh, injured on a QB draw, design QB run that went for about 15, 20 yards. Um, and he landed on that shoulder again. The good news for Texas Tech is we have tremendous quarterback back death. But on a personal level, you, you just have to feel for a guy who came back, make or break season to try to make it to the NFL. He looked pretty good early going. Uh, he missed on a couple throws. Not not a huge deal. That'll happen no matter who you have back there. But to get injured in the first quarter against Murray State, and I understand some fans may be critical of running a quarterback draw. Well, you know what? If you're going to be starting at Texas Tech, you're going to play. You're going to see the field for a 1,000 plays. You're going to get hit at some point. Um, but it, that's just brutal news. Now, the good news is it sounded like there were x-rays, um, and they still couldn't tell whether it's an AC joint or collarbone. You would think if it's a collarbone, it would be a little bit easier to see on x-rays, although – Everything I just said there about the x-rays thing is just complete speculation. But there is some slight optimism that he could be back for the UT game or that Oklahoma State, Kansas State stretch somewhere before that bye week. However, Donovan Smith looked really, really good. 14 of 16 passing. Uh, at one point, he had he was 2 for 2, 2 touchdowns. Uh, with 69 yards. I mean, that's a great start. Um, I'll read out the quarterback stats here. Donovan Smith, 14 of 16, 221 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Tyler Shuck, 6 of 10, 154 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Bear Morton, 7 of 10, 97 yards, one touchdown, one pick. So, I feel good about the quarterback position either way, although having a third-string quarterback who... To be quite honest, I don't really know his name of that well, but I feel good with Tyler or with Donovan Smith starting uh, for the stretch against Houston and NC State, especially considering both teams really struggled these past couple weeks. Um, we'll see what Texas looks like a bit more in their stretch against Alabama and UTSA, 
But that's kind of the optimistic timetable that you'd be looking for is that he returns after that Texas game. So you're probably giving the keys over to Donovan Smith for the next three games at least. Uh, look, he started four games for Texas Tech. Hasn't been the favorite in either of them. There's a good chance that changes this week. And he went two for two or two and two uh, and nearly gave you a chance to win against Baylor. I thought he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket. To our offensive line's credit, there were a lot of clean pockets uh, on Saturday night, which is nice to see. You do kind of expect that against Murray State, but there was no point where the starters were in on the offensive line and the quarterback even got hurried, which you can't tell if your team's good against a team like Murray State, but you can sure tell if they're not good against a team like Murray State. That applies to position groups like the O-line. There's nothing from the O-line to suggest that they're going to be a problem this year. Although, there's, we haven't seen enough to suggest that they're going to be a strong point of this team either. But if they can, if they can even be comparable against Houston and NC State to what they were on Saturday night against Murray State, we're in really good shape here. Um, moving on here, the running backs, they played spectacularly. Taj Brooks, six carries, three touchdowns, 50 yards. Um, you didn't expect them to get too many touches today, especially with them splitting reps. Uh, so Roderick Thompson had seven carries, 48 yards. He also had that touchdown catch uh, for 30 yards and yards in the first half. Um, Receiving-wise, uh, Miles Price didn't carry a big load, which would be a surprise to a lot of us. He only had three receptions for 39 yards. Uh Loic Fungi, four, four catches for 110 yards. Duran Bradley, six catches for 108 yards. And th- that doesn't surprise me. Maybe I expected uh, somebody else on the outside to do a little bit better, like a J.J. Sparkman. He only got one grab for 14 yards. But there's no shock in that at all. I expect, I expect it to be pretty regular that at least one or two of our Outside receivers pop off. We got four or five really good ones, maybe six really good outside receivers. Uh, Baron Morning got in, got his first touchdown throw. It, it kind of made sense that it was to uh, the tight end, Mason Tharp, who he actually came in with and seems to be good friends with on the team. Uh, so that was a cool moment there. But overall, you have to really like what you saw out of the Zach Hitley offense on the first day. They, they were aggressive from the start. Uh, they they hit Murray State, didn't let them get up. Now, defensively, there's some more question marks. Now, I will say one thing that stuck out to me on the defensive end is they just seemed violent, which was great to see. It, it felt like early on, everything that front seven did was violent and was focused on getting a big hit. Um, Bradford, that sack that he had where the Murray State quarterback was mid-throwing motion in the first quarter, I believe. Uh, th- that was probably as violent of a play as I've seen from the Tech defense. Uh, well, I guess we've had some violent moments in the bowl game, but it that that was a beautiful play to watch. I think this is going to be a violent, hard-hitting defense this, team, this year. Now, no, we were minus one on the turnover battle, which was a bit surprising with that whole take three thing. There were some situations where the quarterback was hurried, kind of looking like he was going through the throwing motion. We made a hit. Uh, Maybe those fall our way and ends up being a fumble in future games. 
But no no takeaways, although to be fair, Murray State, they didn't get many plays off. There were a good amount of three and outs there. That front seven looked really good. Um, we knew the D-line was going to be a strength on this defense. We were concerned about the linebackers. There's not really much reason to be concerned about the linebackers after the first game. I mean, you saw their running game just completely shut down. They ran for a total of 50 yards. Granted, 21 of the hosts were coming back against them uh, with their quarterbacks with sacks. So really, they ran for about 71 yards today. Uh, Receiving-wise, there were some questions in the secondary. Uh, It it seemed like when you were throwing up 50-50 balls, they weren't 50-50 balls. When Murray State was doing that, they weren't 50-50 balls. Their receivers seemed like they had a clear advantage. Now, to be fair, they didn't have anybody catch more than two passes today. They only completed nine total passes, but those nine total passes were 208 yards. There there were some big ones. We gave up a 54-yard throw for a touchdown, 51 yards, yarder, a 33-yarder, and a 24-yarder. That That's not going to be good enough when we get into the thick of things and conference play. Uh, but overall... If you have told me, hey, this is what this first game is going to look like, especially after the last couple of years against Houston Baptist and Stephen F. Austin, I'm taking this without a doubt. Um, It was a good game. It was a dress rehearsal. Uh, We have 11 big-time teams coming up in the next 12 weeks, 11 straight games with one bye week where you're playing an opponent that is your peer. Um other than maybe Kansas, although they look pretty good in that first. They look pretty good against Tennessee Tech, although Tennessee Tech is worse than Murray State, and Murray State is worse than the last two FCS schools we played. But, you know, like I said earlier, you can tell if your team's going to be bad by how they play against somebody like this. You can't tell if they're going to be good, and we could definitely tell that or we know we can't tell that they're bad yet. So, now we get into the thick of things. We have five brutal games coming up before the bye week. You know, just listen to this stretch. We get Houston at home next week, which I think we're actually going to open as a favorite. It looks like the line's at two and a half in our favor. ESPN FBI is saying that we're pretty much two to one favorites in that one. We go to NC State. That's going to be a tough one, but they did struggle with Eastern Carolina. Uh, We have Texas at home. We go to Kansas State. I think that Adrian Martinez-Deuce Vaughn uh, duo is going to be lethal. Although, I will say we can't tell much from the first week. We'll tell a lot more about them when they play Missouri this week. And then we go to Oklahoma State before the bye week. Now, moving on to Houston. This is going to be a tough game. This is our real test. Now, the national perception out there and even perception on some people uh, that are on the heartland side is this is a brutal game for us. Uh, we're expected to lose. ESPN doesn't see it that way, though. ESPN has given us a 65.6% chance of winning this game. Again, this is ESPN's FPI. Um, it was actually lower before this past weekend, so whatever we did against Murray State was more impressive than what they did against UTSA, considering ours definitely jumped up more. Um, Donovan Smith is going to be the guy. We got that running back duo with Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson. Now, their quarterback, uh, Clayton Toon, this is going to be interesting because he did throw four picks against us last year. One or two of those was 
late in the game, he's forcing the ball downfield. We all understand that's not necessarily you're, you're taking more risks. That's not what we're going to see this time. Now he's he's going to have his hands full, and I think we're going to be able to shut their running game down. The problem is. They got some darn good receivers, uh, starting off with Nathaniel Dell. He had 50 yards on five receptions and two touchdowns last week. I mean, this is really a loaded Houston receiving room. And our weak point in this game on the defensive end, really on all ends, was our secondary, which, to be honest, I did not expect. I thought the secondary was more experienced, was going to look better and look dominate against Murray State. Um but it seemed like they just had trouble picking up the ball when it was in the air, quite frankly. Uh, they let up way too many deep shots. It, a big concern is we're going to need to stop this running game a bit, uh, force them to throw it, and then, which I, I think we will. They're going to be forced to throw this ball around all game. I don't think Toon's going to be able to be as athletic as he, he'll want to be with our front seven. I think we'll do a good job on up front at uh, containing him. Uh but it's going to rely on the, can the secondary compete with these receivers. And now, our offense, if it gets into a scoring battle, I think our offense does have also what it takes to outscore them. But you don't want to be relying on you have to put up 60 points on Houston. Um, if we can win this game, if we can hold them to 28, 31 points, I think we can win this game. I think we score at least 35 on them. But it's going to be interesting to see how our corners and safeties hold up against these receivers. I mean, Dell had over 1,300 yards and I believe 12 touchdowns last season. He, he's going to be lethal. If we can at least shut him down, if we can keep him under 100 yards, we definitely win this game. If he goes for 150 to 200 yards, we may be looking at a completely different story and maybe going to NC State at 1-1. One one. But I... I think we'll be able to contain him enough. I think he's going to see a lot of double teams. Now, they have a deep wide receiver room. So, they're going to be able to move some pieces around um, to counteract when we're double teaming Dell. But I really expect the focal point of this defense to be just limit Dell to 100 yards, 100 yards or less, and make the other receivers beat, beat us. Because they do have a couple – Younger guys who they're relying on too, like freshmen. Uh, we know Keyshawn Carter. Uh, we're all familiar with that guy. Uh, Texas Tech transfer. He's also a threat on the outside. But I do expect this to be a game where Texas Tech is just more physical than Houston. I think the athletes are on Texas Tech's side overall. But there are some matchup concerns when you're looking at their receiver room against our secondary room. Now, again... We can score in bunches. Uh, we just need to hope <laughs> that we don't have to. Uh, Houston's coming off that throw and win against UTSA. Uh, triple overtime. UTSA hit two massive field goals to keep this game alive. Eh, I do expect us to beat them. I think the line's at two and a half. I think this is going to be a 10-point win for Texas Tech. Um, it, it's not a game that a lot of people are picking Tech in, but it, it's a game that when you, when you look at the athletes on Tech, when you look at the size on Tech, I think our schemes are better by our coaches. Um, it's just going to be a matter of shutting down that those wide receivers. That That's going to be the focal point of this. I think, again, we'll do well against the run. I think we'll be productive on offense. It's just going to come down to that passing game and limiting Clayton Toon 
and, uh, and Nathaniel Dell. That's going to be the key for Texas Tech to win this game. Moving on to just a quick few minutes around the Big 12 this weekend. Um, pretty good weekend for the Big 12. Obviously did not start the best uh, with that. Uh, I don't know what Neil Brown was doing against Pitt. I don't know why you don't go for it on fourth and inches when your running back has been torching them all game. Um, that was one of the worst coaching decisions I've seen. Um, JT Daniels played really well. He looked good. Um, that pick six, completely not on him. He hit his receiver in the chest, popped up, picked off, um, going the other way. Uh, the other Thursday night game, Oklahoma State looked like they had this game in the control. And I actually, I, I actually made a good call by taking Central Michigan, even though it did not look like that at first. But that Oklahoma State defense looked far and away worse than last season. Kansas uh, clobbering Tennessee Tech. I know that's one that a bunch of Jayhawks fans will be excited that they actually didn't lose to an FCS opponent and really didn't, didn't have to sweat it out after the start of the game. TCU, Colorado, 38-13 TCU is a little bit ugly for TCU at first in this one. Um, took them a bit to get going, but they pulled away. Obviously, uh, Chandler Morris injured Good chance that he's out for the season. Iowa State clobbered SEMO, Southeast Missouri State, 42-10. Uh, Oklahoma looked good against a decent UTEP team, 45-13. Baylor absolutely clobbered Albany, 69-10. Now, I did not expect this. Um, I did not, not that Baylor wouldn't run away with it, but I didn't expect the numbers that we saw. Blake Shapin. 17 of 20, 214 yards, two touchdowns. I think they're the front runners in the Big 12 this season. Kansas State took care of South Dakota, 34-0. Um, then Texas, I was actually at the Texas game watching the Texas Tech game on my phone, uh, 52-10. It took Quinn Ewers a little bit to get going, and none of, none of the passes I saw from, from Quinn Ewers were that impressive. Uh, I think he's going to look bad against Bama. I think he'll look good against UTSA, and then the real test for him is going to be coming to Lubbock in week four, and that's really when we're going to see what Quinn Ewers is going to be this season. Also, speaking about young quarterbacks, I, I will say um, I went to the A&M and Texas games this week, and Friday night I went to this random high school football game. I saw Hutto play Liberty Hill. Now, I was really the reason I'm bringing this up will make sense soon. I was really impressed with this 2024 quarterback, Will Hammond. He was insane. Like every throw he had was just straight up on a rope. And I, I hadn't known anything about this guy. I looked him up after the game, and he has three offers. His only FBS offer is from Texas Tech. I, I'm not a recruiting expert. None of that, but. You know, the fact that we offered this kid uh, before his junior year and then I got to see him in person and see the display he put up where I believe they scored 56 points, one at 56-49. I mean, th that quarterback is insane. Um, moving on to picks for week two, uh, just going against the spread here around the Big 12. Um we actually have a conference game. Now, I'm going to start out Kansas State minus 8.5 against Missouri. I'm not 
overly sure about this one. I'm not buying Missouri. I'm really buying into Kansas State. I think they do cover that eight and a half. Um, I, I wonder if Kansas legalizing gambling has something to do with that being an eight and a half spread instead of a six and a half spread. But I think Kansas State wins this game by 10. Uh, Iowa State plus three and a half against Iowa. I just want to point out this weekend, there's a team that scored six touchdowns in one quarter and lost, and then a team that didn't score a touchdown all game and won. Uh, Iowa looked awful. I'm Iowa State's plus three and a half. I'm not even touching the three and a half. I'm taking Iowa State money line in this one. Uh, Oklahoma minus 32 against Kent State. It, this one, I, I, I'd, I'd be tempted to take Kent State. Um, they lost by, I believe, 25 in Seattle against Washington. Now Washington's a much worse team than Oklahoma, but Oklahoma didn't completely blow the doors off UTEP. I thought it was an impressive win. I think this one will be impressive, but I think you're looking at more of a 24 to 28-point victory, a little bit more impressive than what Oklahoma State had against Central Michigan. But I don't see Oklahoma covering 32 points in this one. Um Oklahoma State, minus 10.5 against Arizona State. That defense was concerning. Um, that second half defense was really concerning. But Spencer Sanders looked like he was out to prove that there's a reason that he was the number, the first team quarterback for the Big 12 this season. I think Oklahoma State covers this one by two touchdowns, maybe 17 points against Arizona State. I don't think that 10.5 is going to be an issue. Now, for the conference games and the future conference games. We'll start with one of the future conference games. Baylor plus three at BYU. I like, I, I like taking the Bears in this one. Uh, BYU is a really good team. I think both teams have really good quarterbacks. I think Blake Shapin getting his feet wet against Albany is going to help him greatly in this one. But this is a 50-50 game, and if I can get either of these teams with – Starting with a field goal, I'm taking it. That's why I'm going with Baylor. Um, normally, they say being the home team's worth three points. This is a three-point spread. If it's a neutral site, it's probably a pick em. I'm taking Baylor plus three in this one. Now, the conference game of the week, Kansas against West Virginia minus 13. I'll tell you what. I made a mistake. I sprinkled some money on West Virginia over Pitt this past week. I don't want to bet on the Neil Brown team until they prove that they should be bet on. I'm taking Kansas with the 13 points. I think they're going to make this game a competitive game. I know, I believe it is in Morgantown, but I think Kansas makes this a competitive game. This is going to be a really interesting game to watch. Is Kansas just going to be a pushover this season? I don't think that we have to worry about them much in Lubbock. If it was in Lawrence, it'd be a... A lot higher on my list of concerns, but I, I think Kansas covers the 13 here. Um, and then the game everybody is excited for, Texas Tech minus two and a half against Houston. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm more of a money line guy, but I'm definitely taking Texas Tech minus two and a half against Houston. I said before, I think it's a 10-point victory. I think we win this game by multiple possessions. I think we are the more talented team. We have the better schemes. Houston's a very good football team. Don't get me wrong. I think we're a better team than last year. I think Houston's a little bit worse than last year. We went into Houston and beat them last year. I think we have better schemes this year than we had last year. No offense to Sonny Cumbie. He started this turnaround for Texas Tech. 
But I think Texas Tech closes this one out as minus two, as 10-point winners, 14-point winners. I don't see much concern in this one. I would bet the over, whatever that ends up being, though I will say that. And before I forget, Texas opening plus 20 against Alabama. Uh, yeah, hammer Alabama. I don't think uh, I don't think I'll be taking the spread with Texas too much for a while here, but I I'm really excited for this game. It, it's like this past Saturday; it was fun and all, but this was a dress rehearsal for what's about to come. We have a brutal non-con this year. This wasn't like last year where we open up against Houston, then you're like, okay, we're gonna steamroll Stephen F. Austin. We didn't, but we should have. But now, and then you get Florida International. Now we get five straight major games. And we need to win one of these two to feel good about making a bowl game. We haven't gone 5-4 uh, and four or better in the Big 12 since they switched to the 10-team format. Now, I, I think there's a decent chance that we do that this year, especially if our front seven plays anywhere up to what they played on Saturday. And if our offensive schemes look as well as they did, Donovan Smith looked really good passing. I, I, I kind of glanced over this. Donovan Smith was not a good passer starting when he came in last year uh, for the first couple games. Donovan Smith looked like a really, really good passer, <laughs> and he's athletic. I, I think this opens up a new dimension to the offense because now you're not worried about the quarterback getting injured. Uh, Tyler Shuck was, Shuck was athletic, but there were always going to be these injuring concerns. Donovan Smith, I, okay, I... I don't want to say what I was going to say because any Texas Tech quarterback can get injured. We've learned this as of late. But I think Donovan Smith, it, he may not have Tyler Shuck's talent, but he's really fun to watch. And you don't know if he could definitely have a higher ceiling than Tyler Shuck does. Um, hopefully every it's a minor injury with Shuck. It will be interesting if we actually see him start another game this year. Um uh, I think it's 50-50 who starts next, whether it's Baron Ward and Tyler Shuck at this point. But I, I think this is going to be a really fun week. We got five brutal matchups coming up. I think there's a good chance we can get through these five at, at least three and two. I mean, if we go into the bye week four and two, that that would be something. But it all starts against Houston today or Saturday. But Man, I, I just can't wait for Saturday against Houston. That's that's when it feels like the season actually starts. Um, that's going to do it here today. This was another edition of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll be talking to you next week after a big win over Houston.